a ton and I was wow, 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 wow. Welcome to the working week. Oh, I know it don't thrill you. I hope it don't kill you. Welcome to the working week. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Everybody Trades Podcast. On this, another day in which the NASDAQ is in the red. My goodness. Does anything in the NASDAQ ever want to go up anymore? Are we all just bracing for the inevitable 2008 crash? Which is something I've asked a few times on this podcast. And ultimately, my answer has always been, no, I don't think this is 2008 all over again. And I think today I've finally put my finger on exactly why that is. And that's because 2008 was a credit crash, meaning we had a bunch of banks, a bunch of loans, a bunch of of loan loan holders and people who had actually taken loans who were all underwater on their loans, who were essentially the people who had people who had taken loans out on houses, well, their houses were now worth less than what they owed on the house, for instance, and different sorts of things like that. And this just basically caused a systemic meltdown of our entire lending system, quite honestly. But that's not where we are in 2018. See, this is a stock crash. This isn't a credit crash. See, that's the big difference. See, what we're having here, or not a, I shouldn't say a crash. Let's, let's, use a, let's use softer language and just call it a correction. How about that? But seriously, I think that it would be foolish to compare just because there have been a lot of stocks that have gone down in recent months, there have been a lot of changes. Now, the overall housing market certainly has its risks and certainly has its artificial things that are keeping it that are keeping prices higher than they otherwise would be. No question about that. But we live in America, which is not a truly free economy. There is no truly free economy in the world. And yet we must still make bets about where prices are moving. In fact, even more so because we don't have a truly free economy. You see, if we had a truly free economy, it would be much easier to save because then you would know that, well, gee, my my savings are likely to store their value because many other people like myself have chosen a similar, a similar medium of saving, be it gold, Bitcoin, whatever it might be. In the past, people have even chosen whiskey as currency. Whatever the currency might be, the choice is the point. And if people are allowed to choose their own currency, they're much more likely to save and have that savings actually store its value over time and perhaps even grow a little bit. You never know. But mostly, again, savings is not its not just to wildly speculate. No, you just want to keep what you've already earned and then save it for a day in the future where you'll need it. But of course, what the Federal Reserve does is constantly inflate your savings. It constantly prints more and more money, so therefore your savings is worth less than it otherwise would be. And what that causes many, many people to do, including yours truly, is to go outside of your standard savings account and CD systems and attempt to get higher rates of return than particularly in the last 10 years in this low interest rate environment that we've been living in post 2008. And that's one thing I really want to emphasize here is that this just isn't 2008, which is why, frankly, what's really holding down the NASDAQ today is a stock that I 
quite fortunately, sold on October 1st of this year called NVIDIA. Now, when I sold NVIDIA on October 1st, sold my entire position, in fact, my remaining position, I had a nice winner and sold it for $290 a share. Well, since then, NVIDIA has taken quite the dive in the last six weeks, including a 20% nearly haircut today, and it's now trading at $160. That's just an incredible dive. I mean, obviously, you know, 160 out of 290, I mean, we're, we're almost to the halfway point. The halfway point would be 145. So we're close to have taken out half your value if I sold you those NVIDIA shares at 290. Sorry about you. I don't know what to tell you. But what I'm saying is at a certain point, and I'm not quite there yet just because this market just hates everything that is, that is high-flying growth, of which NVIDIA is certainly that. See, NVIDIA, in case you're unaware, is a chip maker, a semiconductor maker that makes the microchips that are in iPhones and Nintendo systems and laptops and those sorts of things. But the point is, if NVIDIA was a good company six weeks ago that the market loved, how could it possibly have been thrown out with the bathwater now at $160? Is NVIDIA half the company that it was six weeks ago? Well, no, it it wasn't. NVIDIA is certainly not going to $0 either. They're the best chip maker in the market. And certainly chips aren't going anywhere, but this again explains a lot about the stock market. You see, while NVIDIA makes the best technology in its space, none of that matters right now. Because again, while the stock market, so the stock market is all about growth, right? We've said that many times. It's not about what you did in the past. It's can you grow and do even better in the future? And what everyone, well, I shouldn't say everyone, but what the overall gestalt of the market is right now is clearly selling bias. So what they're saying is, is this is as good as it's going to get for NVIDIA. And that's the general, again, the gestalt of the market is that, yeah, you may this quarter may have been good. Your previous quarter may have been good, but this is as good as it's going to get. And growth is going to start slowing. And why do people think that? Well, again, back to interest rates. That's why we're in stocks is because the Fed pushes us into instruments that would give us a better return than a, frankly, negative return that you're going to get if you leave your money in the bank for decades. I mean, it's quite obvious you can see that over decades that if you had left, say, $10,000 in a checking account, yeah, you would have been paid some interest over that time. But certainly the $10,000, the purchasing power of that in 1965 versus 2015, you could have bought a lot more, a lot more of uh, some of the same commodities like gasoline, for instance, even though, in fact, the world has a much higher supply. The United States in particular has a much greater supply of its own gasoline than it ever has before. It's those sort of things that show you why the Fed keeps drinking your milkshake and actually secretly taking money out of your pocket all the time. So what does this have to do with NVIDIA and interest rates? Well, again, the common conventional wisdom based on Fed Chairman Jerome Powell and his own words is, is that we're now going to start raising interest rates. And what that does is when rates go up, that makes stocks relatively less attractive to other 
instruments like bonds because obviously bonds are going to start yielding a higher percentage as interest rates go higher and CDs and just your checking account and various other different instruments that sort of trade in lockstep in terms of interest rates with the Federal Reserve funds rate. Now, all of this is a rather complicated way of saying that in this environment, when rates are going up, a company like NVIDIA suddenly market people, the people who manage lots of money, start thinking, oh no, growth is over. we got to sell our growth stocks and start buying these sort of slower-growing, more boring, uh, non-cyclical stocks, like something like McDonald's, something like CVS Corporation. That's a good one to buy, possibly, if you're looking for a more slow-growing type of thing. And also, CVS is good in this environment because they don't have tons of stores in China, for instance. It's mostly an American play. You know, the trade war is, it doesn't seem like China is going to give up, in my opinion, or just quietly say, oh, gee, Donald Trump will give you whatever you want. Like, apparently, the EU and apparently Mexico and Canada pretty much caved on their trade wars with America. But it doesn't appear that that's going to happen with China. And everything that I know about Chinese culture, especially their leaders, tells me that they're going to try to save face at all costs, even if it means costing their own people food, wealth, whatever it might be, via some extended trade war. So I think that may be where Trump may have overestimated in this particular case, or actually I should say they, he underestimated how much pride President Xi and whoever else in the Chinese Communist Party is going to have. Ultimately, obviously, any trade war is going to raise prices on American consumers, and it's going to cause fewer goods to leave America and be bought by Chinese people. And conversely, there will be fewer goods that they send to us as well. So this raises the costs of everything for everybody. It makes us all weaker. And meanwhile, President Trump and President Xi get to have their little pissing match. So how's this trade war working out for you? You love it so far? I can't say I'm a huge fan. So really, when you get down to it, in some, the market is worried about this trade war, and it's worried about rising interest rates. The thing is, we're going to have the next Fed the next Fed meeting, I fully expect that they're going to raise interest rates by a quarter of a percentage point in December. Now, what we, we need to see here, that would be okay. What we don't need to see is the Fed to lock its heels in, to dig its heels in, and say, we're definitely going to raise three or four more times going ahead, or at least signaling that, regardless of what the economic data is, regardless of what GDP or any sort, any of these various different metrics are telling us. That is absolutely what the market does not want to hear. And honestly, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not sure how we can go higher between now and then unless a Fed, a Fed official comes out and says, okay, we're tapering our, our views on the economy a little bit. It's a weird position where actually – Good news is bad news in some ways. If Fed officials are going, wow, look at this rip-roaring economy, see people who manage money are going to take that as a signal of, oh, there's going to be a lot of interest rates coming here. Again, higher interest rates mean that the stock market is relatively less attractive as an asset class. Now, I know I just threw a lot of information at you. I tried to make it as simple as I could. The bottom line is NVIDIA is not going out of business. 
and many of these other high-flying companies like Netflix, like Amazon, they aren't going out of business either. And that's something that you really need to keep in mind. It also shows you the difference between investing as a young person and investing as an older person too. You see, not every bit of advice is created the same for everybody. Clearly, we all have different goals with our with our money, different different levels, different things we need to take care of, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All I'm trying to say is don't panic. Don't sell companies in the middle of a panic like NVIDIA. Like if you were the one that I sold the shares at $290 to, obviously you made a mistake. And obviously I've made mistakes by not selling some Netflix hire and selling some Amazon and some various other companies I wish I would have at least taken some profits in higher. But at the same time, I can't live completely in regret either because it's unrealistic to say I was going to pick the top. I mean, how many times in the last eight, nine years could you have said, yep, this is the top? I mean, you could, you've heard people saying it on CNBC every day. But that's not how I play this game, and that's not how you should play it either. You're not Nostradamus. You're not perfect. You're not going to just pick the top every time. In fact, you're almost never going to pick the top. My, Yeah, I sold NVIDIA at the top. Believe me, that was pure luck. It could have easily gone up another 20 or 30 points, and I would have said, gee, I wish I would have had those points. But then it would have still gone down ultimately, I guess, in this hypothetical scenario. The point is don't worry about capturing Every single dollar, every point, like the nerds, the market nerds like to say, don't worry about capturing every dollar at the top or selling or buying at the very bottom. You just want to make a profit. You know, bulls make money, bears make money, pigs get slaughtered. So, again, I was a little piggish at times, and I wish I would have gotten out of stuff. But obviously, anytime you take a profit, you can't get hurt. That's a good lesson for anybody to learn. In this kooky little game we call the stock market. And with that, I'm going to see if I can hack into flowhoops.tv and watch this Missouri Kansas State game. Hope you all have a good weekend. Take it easy, everybody.